The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stacking the Box. I'm Matt Verderam. I'm back. Shout out to Michelle Bruton, who really did a great job the last three weeks holding the four down. Have to have her on throughout the season for sure. Josh Hill, who never left because he's more dedicated than I am. So here we are. You were here. I ate my weight over the last three weeks. I had to uh, grease the door jams to get me in, but we're here. So, football. Coming back pretty soon, yep. about a week and a half till teams get into camp. Some teams yep. actually already starting to trickle in a little bit. Uh, but a lot to actually get to for once. It feels like the last couple of months, you know, you try to find a topic or two yeah. that matters, but it's tough. Let's be honest, it's the NFL offseason. But right now, actually today as we're filming this, recording this, there's something going on with the franchise tags, and Le'Veon yeah. Bell is the main guy. Right? Yeah. The Marcus Lawrence, Ziggy Ansah, two defensive ends for the Cowboys and Lions respectively, it's assumed that, barring some kind of shock, they're going to play on the tag this year. It's the first time they've been tagged, so not a huge deal. Le'Veon Bell, second time that he's been tagged. Yeah. And yet it seems as though, if you read reports from me and Rapport from Adam Schefter, that he is more likely to play on the tag again yeah. than he is to get a long-term deal. Your thoughts? <laughs> it's this, I mean, we've talked about this how many times. It's unwise to do anything Le'Veon Bell wants to do. Whether, there's no right decision. He either holds out, and we don't know how that's going to end because the value of running backs is so up and down. That market, like, it wasn't that long ago that we were saying there's, there should never be a running back drafted in the first round. And then this year we got one going in the top five, number two overall, Saquon yep. Barkley. So, and that came a year after Leonard, uh, Leonard Fournette went in the top five. Four, but it's number four. Four, yeah. yeah. Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott, but he was he top Also five? four. Yeah, four. So also four. Right there. Three, three straight years, years running backs in the top five of the draft. So on one hand, it's like, look, he should hold out. He should get his money. He's still a young-ish guy. He hasn't hit that wall. His shelf life is still there. But on the other hand, it's like, what are you, what are you going to do? I mean, the, the Steelers are going to run him into the ground. Like, oh, you no know question. they're going to do that. You've said it before, and a lot of other people have said it too. They don't give money. They don't give out big contracts. I mean, unless you're Ben Roethlisberger – you're the franchise quarterback, you're not going to get a big contract, which there's going to be a reckoning when it comes time to pay Antonio Brown again because there's going to be a lot of discussion about whether or not they're going to pay him. And at that point, we don't know where the franchise is going to be, which is another question. Do you want to be Le'Veon Bell getting into this mess, getting into this long term when you don't know if Tomlin's going to be the head coach in a couple of years? You don't know what the quarterback situation is. Is Mason Rudolph going to be playing in two years? Is Brown still going to be there? So there's a lot of 
questions that if I'm leaving on Bell, I'm going to want answered before I say, you know what, I'm here long term. So it's a gamble either way, and I don't really think that there's a right answer for him. You, you brought up what I was going to say, or at least get into a little bit more, which is the Steelers are at kind of a, a weird spot because mm-hmm. Roethlisberger has taken a lot of hits throughout his yeah. career. I don't expect that Roethlisberger is going to be a Tom Brady who plays in those 40s. Okay, Roethlisberger now has this year, and I believe two more are left on his contract. Then that's up. Antonio Brown, as you mentioned, he is on a very team-friendly contract. Mm-hmm. When that comes up, over 30 years old, are they going to pay him? Mm-hmm. Is Juju Schmidt-Schuster going to be his replacement? Are they going to move on and pay him instead? My guess is, yeah, probably, because you're not paying Antonio Brown if you don't have Ben Roethlisberger. It's pointless. There's no reason to do it. Okay, we've seen look a good example of that in Denver. Emmanuel Sanders... And, Dem- and Demarius Thomas, great players. When Peyton Manning left, what do you hear of those two receivers? Nothing. It doesn't matter because nobody can get them the football. And maybe Case Keenan does a little bit better job than we saw Trevor Simeon do. But getting back to Pittsburgh on this, Le'Veon Bell is unquestionably a terrific player. He is a guy who gives you 75 receptions a year out of the backfield. He's somebody who can get you 1,500 yards on the ground. Here's the rub with that. You mentioned it, 400 touches last year. Mm. The year prior to that, he only played in 12 games. He had 350. That is not a long-term recipe for, hey, he can play seven, eight more years at a high level. You're, at that position, you're year to year. And if I'm Pittsburgh, look, they offered him money already to make him the highest-paid running back in NFL history. He doesn't want it. He wants more money. He wants to be paid like the highest-paid running back in the league and like a number two receiver. I would never pay him that. It's not because he's not great. But the value's not there. They can go out and get a guy who's maybe 80% of Bell for 20% of the cost. So to me, as great as Bell is, I'm not paying him that money. I'm tagging him again this year, which they've done. I'm letting it play out. And then I'm moving on. Mm -hmm. Because to me, the Steelers have to think long-term and say, well, where are we going to be? If we sign into a five-year deal, where are we going to be in year three of that? I I would... Play out this year if I'm the Steelers, and then go forth from there. Yeah. Uh, James Patrick in the chat is noting, week and a half, here comes the injury, which is another fold or wrinkle to this. Absolutely. Which is he's been injury. hurt before. Yeah, he's been hurt before. Do you, you know, if, let's say he gets franchised, he gets hurt. What's his value after this season? I mean, he's st- somebody's still going to want him. He's still in his oh. prime. He's still a guy who's versatile. You know, he's pass-catching running back. He can, you know, smaller guy. can run between the seams. He's a guy who's going to get a lot of attention if he hits the mark. I mean, even when we were talking about whether or not he was going to be a free agent this year, I mean, there was San Francisco. Tampa Bay was people were talking about. Where is he going to go? That injury question, and it's not exclusive to Le'Veon Bell. Nope. I mean, Odell Beckham, we've seen it years and years. Quarterbacks don't want to do this. You know, that's why Kirk Cousins' gamble was so incredible that it paid off because he didn't get hurt. His stats were good, and now he's got 83 whatever million dollars guaranteed. So that's the dream. But it's kind of like the same thing with like the whole you know, Paul George and Oklahoma City thing. I think that that's changing the model of teams are going to think that they can trade for a guy who might not re-sign and then suddenly he re-signs miraculously i think that you know it's the same thing guys are going to be like look i can get franchised 
it's all going to work out in the end. It worked for Kirk Cousins. It worked this one time. And if there's any league in, in, in sports here in America that looks at trends and goes, ooh, that, 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 it's football. I mean, that's why we, yeah. that's why we had the discussion about John Gruden coming back to the game. And, you know, not to be ageist, but, you know, older coaches shouldn't have these jobs because it's not the game it used to be. So these trends, football, it needs to change. So I mean, that's not ageist. It's real. Yeah. It's reality. Look, and with Bell – He's 26 years old. He'll be yeah. 27 in February. So he's going to play his whole year out, 26 years old. He's in his prime. But what you're paying for, whether you're the Steelers, let's say he, let's say he plays out this year on the yeah. tag. Sure. And he hits free agency at 27 years old. He's going to want a contract that at least, you know, maybe it's five years or whatever, but it really guarantees him like three, maybe four. You're not paying for the player that has been. Mm-hmm. You're paying for the player that will be. And at 27 to 30, that's a hell of a lot different in the NFL than it is 22 to 26. I think Le'Veon Bell's a fantastic player, and you're a fool if you don't want him on your yeah. team. The problem is, look, as, as mentioned in the chat, he's had an injury. He had a pretty significant injury. He blew out two ligaments in his knee a couple of years ago. By the way, he's also been suspended multiple times. Mm-hmm. Okay? So he's got that against him. Now, do I think that's going to preclude him if he hits the market from hitting the jackpot? No, I don't. Because some team, when you, hit the, when you hit the free agency market, you have the leverage that you need to get a huge deal. Mm-hmm. You have four or five teams that are seriously bidding on you, and they drive up the price. Yeah. Olivier Vernon is a great example of that. Yeah. Olivier Vernon is a good player. Olivier Vernon is not worth $85 million. But why did he get it? Because Jacksonville and the Giants were bidding against each other, and the yeah. Giants, quote-unquote, won out. They, and, and he, well, Olivier Vernon won out. Yeah. Okay. But like, that's the reality of it. I don't think anybody thinks Kirk Cousins is, should be the highest paid player in the league in terms of guarantees, this side of Andrew Luck. But he is because he had free agency. So if you're Bell, the question now becomes to me if he goes out on a tag, and, and frankly, by the time people listen to this, they're going to know one way or the other because mm-hmm. the deadline's in a few hours. If he plays out the tag, if I'm him, I am sitting out for multiple games because, to me, it's not worth getting the extra 200 touches. I don't, you know, Jason Lockenford report, he might sit out half the year. I, I believe Adam Schefter did as well. If I'm Bell, I think that's the right move. You're still going to make $7, 8000000 million this year, mm-hmm. and you're going to save yourself a lot of wear and tear and or injury risk. Would you sit out if you're late on Bell? Yeah, I'd sit out. I mean, <laughs> for all the points that you raised, like you're going to hit free agency next year. You're 27. You're in your prime. You have to think about yourself. Like, this is a big discussion across sports. And we hear, again, not to bring up basketball again, but we hear it in basketball. Oh, he's being selfish. I can't believe Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. Why doesn't he think about the team? We are long past the days of players having to be loyal to teams. Like, they will trade you in a heartbeat. There is no Especially loyalty. in the NFL. Not to cut you off, but especially in no, the NFL especially where contracts aren't guaranteed. And where they're putting their bodies on the line a, a hell of a lot more than basketball players are. Not to take anything away from, from the wear and tear of that, but, you know, the, with the CTE and with all of these long-term injuries and everything that happens to you after the game, like, you are putting your body on the line in a big way. So there should only be one person that you're concerned about if you're a football player, and that's you and your family. And what you're providing for, who you're providing for. Now, the fans, that's great. You know, I'm a Buccaneers fan, and I'm really upset when Warren Sapp left and went to Oakland, when Warwick Dunn left and went to Atlanta. Like, it hurts when you like these guys and they go to different teams. But there's a human element that we always forget about in sports. And this is coming into play again here with Le'Veon Bell, where he has to look out for himself. 
That sounds selfish, and it is, but ultimately he's the one who's putting his body on the line. He's the one who's going to make the money. And if the Steelers aren't going to pay him and put him in a position where he feels comfortable and he feels like he's in the best position for himself, he has every right in the world to leave. That is his right as a player. I will say this. I am of two minds with what you said, because one is the Steelers reportedly are offering to make him the highest paid mm-hmm. running back in NFL history. Now, that's fine. Look, if Le'Veon Bell doesn't want to sign that contract, that's up to him. Yeah. It's his career. Personally, I think it's dumb because that contract, let's say $60 million, $40 million guarantee. Let's just toss that out. He's set for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. His kids are set for the rest of their lives. Their kids are set. Now, of course, in the NFL, half these guys live paycheck to paycheck. But if he has any financial wherewithal Mm -hmm. at all, he's set for for life. He also plays a position that even if he sits out eight games, he could come back and two games later he could blow his knee out and all of a sudden it's a year-to-year thing. Oh, yeah. Right? So to me – I think he ought to sign the contract. Now, that said, I'm not Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. If Le'Veon Bell thinks that he's worth more than that, fine. If, if that's the case, I would sit out half the year. He needs to play, I believe, it is five games to accrue another year of free agency, which would then put him in a position where he's not going to be tagged. He's going to have to mark it. Yeah. I think if you're Le'Veon Bell, if you're going to play out the tag, I would sit out for half the season. I don't think there's any point in getting himself killed mm-hmm. out there. He, at that point, once he doesn't sign a long-term deal, if that's the case and he plays out the tag, then I think it is about himself completely, and he has to say, look, I can't afford to get hurt. Mm-hmm. It, it cannot happen. And he plays a position where he's most likely to get hurt, more than any other player on the field. Yeah. So if I'm him, if he's on the tag, I'd sit out half the season, and you go back, you know, if you're the Steelers, you got to ride it out. you got to hope that after eight games, if that's what he does, he comes back, he's in shape. You play, you go to the playoffs, and you go from there. The Steelers are, are to me, an absolutely fascinating team this year. You've got this situation going on. You've got the unfortunate situation with Ryan Chazier. We know he's not going to play this year, Mm -hmm. if ever again, right? Roethlisberger looked like he was beginning to age last year. Mm -hmm. We'll see how that continues. Brown is still a great player, but he's not a spring chicken. That defense did nothing to upgrade itself in the offseason. I am am fascinated. And on top of that last year, everybody and their mother thought, well, they're going to kill Jacksonville and go to the AFC title game, including the Steelers, who talked Mm -hmm. about it all week leading up to that game, and then gave up 42 points or 45 points. Lost them twice. Yeah, yeah, at home both Mm -hmm. games. I am curious to see, like, is this a year where Pittsburgh goes 7-9? and Because I got to say, a lot of the trappings are there for that to happen. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe they come out and the division stinks and they win 13 games. But the Steelers, for a lot of different reasons, you wonder if Tomlin has gotten stale there. I would not be shocked if we're sitting here in four months I'm like, wow, you know, the Steelers are yeah. just an afterthought despite having all the talent that they have. Yeah, well, I was dying on the hill that the Ravens are going to win the division, so you are, I'm to, sticking to, to that. And fair, the Steelers are missing the playoffs. Ravens are in, the Steelers miss completely, so you're, I'm you're, calling it. You've been good, though, with dying on your hill. I'm sure if we went back, there'd be a few that you'd like to take back. But for I'm the really, most part, you've been on. I'm really hoping that me telling Giants fans to bet all of their money <laughs> On uh, the, the, whatever the odds are that the Giants make the yeah. playoffs pays off because I think the Giants are going to be good. I yeah. really do. You know, we we can get into all that in a few weeks with the camp stuff coming up. But I think the Giants are going to be a dangerous team. The Giants had Ben McAdoo last year. Whew. That's the problem. Yikes! I know Eli Manning's like 85 years old now. Whatever. They they are a good team in my opinion. That roster is a hell of a lot better than people think it is. Mm-hmm. By the way, on an aside, not we'll move on. But Ben McAdoo. Man just went Earth. all in in the New York Post. Wow. Philadelphia, you know, they, what success have they had? Mm-hmm. And the, the, I loved my favorite was, well, Washington's Washington. <laughs> yeah. That's the most, like, the Smith. Meanwhile, the Giants got pounded by oh, yeah. 
But, you know, Washington's Washington. I, yeah. And I agree with him, by the way. But yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Well, yeah, I, I did like when Ben McAdoo transformed into a member of the Gambino crime family. Where he's just got the hair yeah. slicked back and everything. He's wearing a track suit. Well, speaking was, of the NFC East, one of uh, a, a former NFC East star going into the Hall of Fame, actually a few of them, Brian yeah. Dawkins being one. Uh, of course. You know, but the one we're going to get into here is T.O., yeah. Terrell Owens, going to the Hall of Fame. I believe it's been three years to get in, but he's mm-hmm. in. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know. Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know. A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And the induction ceremony is uh, beginning of August. Yep. And he's not going, which we've known for a while. And that's fine. He is going to have his own little thing down in Tennessee, mm-hmm. Chattanooga. Go ahead. Have fun. Have a blast, right? Now that the Hall of Fame is saying, well, we're not going to even honor you in terms of your, during the individual portions of this. We're not going to mention you. We're not going to get involved with it. We're going to focus on the guys who are here. It's brought up a lot of discussion. I will let you lead off on this. Your thoughts. Should, are, is the Hall of Fame wrong? Is T.O. wrong? Are they both wrong? Or is nobody wrong? I think they're both wrong, and I think that nobody should care as much as they do. Like, here's the thing. If you're going into the Hall of Fame, if I was going into the Hall of Fame, I had played my whole entire career, I had put up some, a bunch of stats that I'm proud of, I've put, put in a career that I really want immortalized, or I'm proud to have immortalized, I would try to go. I would try to go to camp, because that's, that's part of the dream, okay? That's part of the... That's the, the ultimate. That's the narrative. That's, that's, you know, you guys, we always hear, you know, oh, against the draft, we were hearing it. Quentin Nelson's a Hall of Fame player. Saquon Barkley, you can see him Just at absurd. the end of his career. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yes. But ultimately, that's the goal. You get drafted yep. as a rookie. You have three dreams in the NFL that you can see realized. You visualize in your head. Holding up your jersey on the stage with Roger Goodell, whoever the commissioner is. Hoisting the Lombardi Trophy after winning the Super Bowl. And standing at the podium with your gold jacket next to your bust at the end of your career getting into Canton. Those are the three things that you think about. And that's really kind of the metrics of did this guy have a good career? So, and then that's why it's so weird when somebody says, you know what, I'm not going to go and visualize that part of my dream. T.O. is still in the Hall of Fame, and he should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago, okay? All this nonsense about the off-field stuff, when, I mean, let's not forget that Darren Sharper was still being heavily considered to get into the Hall of Fame, and that's a guy you want to talk about off-field issues. I don't, I don't want to make that left turn. No. Like so, but, but yeah, he, I, I don't yeah. want to hear about this yeah. off-field thing. Um, with T.O. doing his own thing, I don't think that there's a more T.O. way for him to get into the Hall of Fame than him to do his own thing. He was, that's his entire career. He just, you know, the Sharpie out of the sock, the, you know, posing, the Christ pose on the Dallas Star, all of that stuff. That is T.O. So this surprises me not at all. And it doesn't dilute him getting into the Hall of Fame whatsoever. And the Hall of Fame making a big deal out of this is though like, oh, we're not going to give you your time in the spotlight. I think that that's a bad look for them. I think they should just do it. Give him his time. Give him his moment. What happens if we get a guy who can't make the trip to Canton? What if we get a guy who's confined to a wheelchair, who's confined to a hospital bed, who's getting into the Hall of Fame? Are you not going to honor him? Are you not going to give him his time because well, he's not showing up to Canton? I, I think that's different. You know, I think people would recognize what he just can't make mm-hmm. it physically. I think the NFL, the, the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think they should still honor him because he's part of that class, mm-hmm. played his whole career. And look, 
I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not a T.O. guy. Never have been. I think he's selfish. I think there's a reason he and I have the same amount of rings. Okay? <laughs> I do. That said, he was a great player. Yeah. He was – I mean, in my lifetime, I'd put him probably right behind maybe Randy Moss and you want to argue maybe Antonio Brown or Calvin Johnson, but he's top five in my mm-hmm. lifetime. Okay? He was a great player. Jerry Rice, obviously. The, the problem with me with this, with, with Owens, is, look, you don't want to go – fine. That's your prerogative. It's your induction. I personally think he's going to regret not going. Now, maybe he won't. Maybe he doesn't care. And that's fine. That's his personal choice. I think he's going to regret it. It's a pinnacle of your athletic achievements. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's a weekend. Hey, you should be celebrated. You should enjoy that. Fine. Okay? He were missing an opportunity. He could have had McNabb being the, uh, <laughs> you know, his inductor. Um, that being said... I do think he's being selfish from this standpoint. There are guys that are as good a players as him that waited a long time to get in. Jerry Kramer's in this class. Yeah. Jerry Kramer is every bit the guard that Terrell Owens is the receiver. Okay, Jerry Kramer was on the 50th anniversary team in the NFL. And by the way, that team only had one guard on it. They only announced one guard. Jerry Kramer is that guy. Up until this year, he was the only player on that team that was not inducted in the Hall of Fame. He retired, by the way, after 1968, 50 years ago. He's going. He's thankful for being there. You had to wait three years, and you're crying about that. Like, just be grateful you're in. Be thankful. And, Leo, look, I agree with you. He should have gotten in a year or two ago. But who cares? You're in. So I think the Hall of Fame's being petty. I also think that he's being petty, and I think he's, he's – Spiting his, you know, he, he's, he's basically spiting himself just to make a statement. I, I, think it's, I think it's a bad look for him. I think it's a bad look for the league. I don't think it ultimately matters. No. You know, in 10 years from now, nobody's going to care that he didn't go to his induction. They're going to, you know, you'll walk through the Hall of Famer, you see his bust, and hey, T.O.'s a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. But I think he's missing an opportunity, and I think the Hall of Fame should kind of be the bigger person, so to speak, here. But uh, I, I don't like the fact that he's having this big huff, the fact that it took him three years to get in. Just shut up. There's plenty of guys. You know, Kenny Stabler should have been in 25 years ago, and he didn't get into last year. He was dead. Yeah. So there are worse travesties in the world than Terrell Owens having to wait three years to get in the Hall of Fame. Chris Carter had to wait. And I, and I could make an easy argument Chris Carter was a better player than Terrell Owens, or at least certainly as good. So it is what it is. Personally, I don't have to listen to his speech. <laughs> and I'm happy about that because those things are long anyway. So I'll, as someone who will cover it, I am glad that I don't have to sit through a half hour of T.O. congratulating himself. Do you think this is more about T.O. not wanting to kind of dance any longer for the people that have been forcing him to dance his whole career? And if really, I mean, you think about players and their relationship with the media, T.O. and maybe Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, stick out in my mind of like the 2000s, into the 2010s of players that were really, really good, exceptionally good, that the media always seemed to have a problem with, whether it was justified or not. Like taking Sharpie out of your sock and signing it, yeah, okay, I get that. But I also can see this from his standpoint, T.O.'s standpoint of the media was always against me. The media never liked me. The media made fun of me when I cried about Tony Romo. They should have made fun the of me. The media made fun of me when I was doing sit-ups in my driveway or whatever that was. The media made fun of me when I almost killed myself. So that, that to me, I think, is where he might be approaching this. And it reminds me you know, of the Barry Bonds thing, where Barry Bonds, his whole career, was a Hall of Fame player, but the media never gave him the attention. And then he finally did the things that the media wanted to do. But you hear stories about him, like the Ken Burns baseball documentary, about how 
he saw how the media treated his father and then how the media treated him, how quickly they turned on him. And that soured that relationship, and he, he didn't want to play ball. So I wonder if maybe that's kind of, because that is part of his legacy, T.O.'s legacy, which is why, to me, it's so fitting that it's part of his Hall of Fame conversation. I mean, I'll be blunt. I think, I think both T.O. and Barry Bonds, they're both jerks. To be honest, I, do. I mean, Barry Bonds, I think most players that are played with him would mm. say he was an impossible person to deal with. I think Terrell Owens is about Terrell Owens. I think a lot of times he's, he's selfish, and I think he can be a jerk. I, I think that being said, I don't think for a second that should have factored into whether or not he's in the Hall of Fame. I don't think mm-hmm. Lawrence Taylor is, is you know, good Samaritan <laughs> of the year, okay? No. No. Uh, and, you know, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Like, in their code of conduct, when they vote on these things, they are not supposed to take in their personal mm-hmm. attitudes off the field. So, now, you know, if, if T.O. had been, you know, committing some violent crime or something, the human element factors in there. Like yeah. you mentioned Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper did some heinous things, mm-hmm. okay, that he's now serving prison time for for a long time, mm-hmm. as it should be. And so, yeah, that should, I think, matter. That matters. Terrell Owens doing sit-ups in the driveway, no, I shouldn't. That, to me, doesn't make a difference. He, he's in the Hall of Fame where he belongs. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think you're right with some of that, that the media, yeah, I, I'm sure T.O. says, hey, you know what, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction. I'm not going to go. My thing with that is, you know what, you mentioned all those things you mentioned, him crying with Tony Romo, him in, him in the driveway, yeah. him with all the stuff. It's about him. Mm-hmm. It, all, it all always ends, and that's why I think he's not going, is because he figured, well, the maximum amount of attention I can get is by being different than everybody else and not going. I think to him, that's what this is about, because that's always what it's about with him. That being said, I honestly feel bad for him in the sense that I think he's missing out on a, on a moment that he deserves, yeah. and, and that's a shame. But ultimately, it's his call. It's his decision. If T.O. doesn't want to go, fine. Yeah. That is how it is. And at the end of the day, like you said, nobody's going to care. It's not going to matter. We'll move on. We'll see the Hall of Fame game. That'll be an atrocity, <laughs> you know? That's, they, if they want to do something for the fans, stop playing that. Because that game is awful. But oh, man. I digress. All right. Before we get to our final topic here, we'd be remiss if we didn't thank Fanatics. Of course. And, you know, go to fanatics.com, use the promo code FANSIDED. You can save 20% and you get free shipping. You can get all of your gear getting ready for the season. You're in a training camp, you mentioned. A lot of people are going to be going to training camp. You yep. can get one of those bucket hats that they wear. I imagine you're going to have a lot of the training camp gear is going to get on there, too. It happens every single yep. year. I'm going to get my Marcus so. Peters Rams jersey. There you go. You've got, like, three in the mail at this point. If yeah. it hasn't arrived by it's, now, this no, is, like, a couple oh, of months you've oh, been it, it, this It's thing. coming. It's coming. You obviously didn't order it through Fanatics. Because oh, I, I haven't ordered it, period. I was on vacation. <laughs> it's bad service, uh, you know, up, up at the lake house. But I am... I am going to get my Marcus Peters Rams jersey, and I'm go. going to wear it as a protest when they play the Chiefs <laughs> in Mexico on Monday night in Week 12. But there you anyway. go. All right, Fanatics, use the code FANSIDED, save 20%, and you get free shipping. All right, Verneram, fantasy football, it's that time of the year. It is. Last couple of weeks, Michelle and I talked about sleepers. We talked about busts and guys who might get overdrafted. More of a general topic here as well. Who should be the top pick? That is something that we always talk about when it comes to fantasy football. Last year, David Johnson was the consensus number one pick. That lasted about maybe 15 a minutes. Quarter. <laughs> Poor guy got hurt. And then, and then the career was over, or the, the season was over, not the career. Um, but then you guys got guys like Kareem Hunt, who I got in a later round, who turned out to be phenomenal. 
who is now being considered one of those top one, two tier guys who could go number one overall. So from a football perspective, because I remember a couple of years ago, Todd Gurley was a guy that everybody was hype about. This was the last Jeff Fisher year. Everybody was hype about Todd Gurley. He was the guy you got to take. It was him or Adrian Peterson. Who are you taking number one overall? And I remember you saying that the Rams had no offensive line. I believe you called them road cones. So, and I was right. And you were right. Were. And everybody that took, that took Todd Gurley was a bust. Here we are two years later. Todd Gurley seems to be the consensus number one overall pick, but a lot has changed. Sure. Would you take Todd Gurley or would you endorse Todd Gurley as the number one overall pick based on what you see from the Rams? I think he's in the mix because mm-hmm. they're better offensively uh, certainly than they were in the Jeff Fisher years. Oh, yeah. No question there. <laughs> yeah. um, but I have my reservations only because – Look, the Rams play – all right, let's break this down. The Rams play in the NFC. Yep. That is a much harder conference in the AFC. Mm-hmm. So if I am drafting number one overall, I am taking somebody in the AFC mm-hmm. because you're just not going to play as good a teams. Okay? I'm also taking a running back for sure because since Jerry Rice, nobody's been deserving of the number mm-hmm. one pick as a receiver. Okay? Mm-hmm. Unless you play in a league that has very odd scoring systems, it should always be a running back. Yeah. And when I look at that, Le'Veon Bell would be the number one guy for me, except I don't know if he's going to play. Exactly. I, I don't know if he's, you know, so that would scare me off because if he sits even a quarter of the year, you can't pick that guy number one. It's right. impossible. Melvin Gordon's a guy who's interesting to me. Ooh, you know, Melvin good. Gordon is somebody. Now, the problem is Melvin Gordon has never averaged like four yards of carry mm-hmm. in his group, but they have a very good team. The offensive line's better. They're getting Forrest Lamp back, we think. They had Pouncey at center. So that's interesting to me. Um, and I, but I think Gurley has to be in the conversation alongside of David Johnson, mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, the only thing that scares yeah. me with him is they have no receivers. Mm-hmm. Brian's gone. Witten's gone. Teams are going to stack eight in the box and say, you are not beating us. Everybody else is to beat us. Um, Saquon Barkley's another guy who's interesting, but again, he's a rookie. I, you know, now, rookies have won the rushing title each mm-hmm. of the last two years. Yeah. You know, but the Giants' offensive line, a lot of questions there. Yeah. You know, they're better with Nate Solder. They're better with Will Hernandez. But you're still looking at Eric Flowers. Yeah. So, Gurley's in the mix. I wouldn't take him number one. But if I was drafting fourth, fifth, I'd take him. Do you think that drafting number one overall is almost more of a curse than it is anything? Because <laughs> I always feel nervous when I get the number one overall pick because you're either in a position where you pick a consensus guy like Todd Gurley yep. and you ride or die with that. Or, I mean, I've been in drafts where, like, for instance, last year, I've been in a draft for 10 years with these guys. And the top two picks were Aaron Rodgers and uh, wide, re- wide receiver that I forget. But they were not anywhere near the consensus ADP, you know, number one overall pick. So, to me, I'm almost like, I'd rather have that third or fourth pick where I let it, the other people make the mistake. And then I can be in a position where, hey, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. I feel more comfortable doing this. Do you think that you should maybe just – it's the same thing like the number one overall pick in the draft. Do you think you should – like Baker Mayfield. Do you think you should just take your guy? Or do you think maybe, you know, you have to kind of play by the rules a little bit? I take my guy. Um, and, and, again, look, if I'm looking at – and I'll admit right off the bat, I mean, I, I enjoy fantasy, but I'm not by mm-hmm. any means, you know, fantasy expert. But um, if, I had, if I was picking number one this year – for a few reasons, I would take Kareem on. Mm. And, it's, and, and none of those reasons have to do that, that I root for the Chiefs. Because here's, here's why I, I would take him. I don't think he's going to lead the league in rushing again mm-hmm. this year. But I think he's going to have a good season. They have so many weapons to throw the ball to. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, 
Sammy Watkins, even Chris Connolly's a decent player, but those, those three guys in particular at the top. That is going to force defenses to play a lot of guys out of the box. They are going to do anything but stack the box. Yeah. They are going to say, we have to play two safeties deep. We have Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. To make sure we're not beat over the top. And with Mahomes there, there's always the, the chance he's going to throw the ball 60 yards on a rope down the field. So I think you have a rare situation where a team is a really good running back and defenses are going to say, by all means, beat us with him. Mm-hmm. Please give the ball to Kareem Hunt because the last thing we want is Kelsey down the seam, Hill down the sidelines, Watkins on a post. Like, to me, they have one of the rare situations, and Bell also has this in Pittsburgh, where teams look and say, please, you beat us. Because you at least are only probably going to get five or six yards a pop, whereas mm-hmm. any of those other guys are going to get 20 yards a pop. Yeah. So I look at that. I think he's going to get the ball plenty. They have Spencer Ware coming off injuries or Kendrick West, but he's clearly the guy. And I think he's still at that age where he's so young that you would hope, okay, there's not a lot of wear and tear on him. He's still mm-hmm. going to be very good. And I look at that division. The Raiders have no defense. The Chargers have a good pass defense, but they do not fare well against the run. Mm-hmm. And Denver last year, as the year wore on, had trouble against the run. Denver, again, another team, great pass rush, good corners, but not much. I, I think if you're, if you're Kareem Hunt, you are set up for success far better than a lot of other guys. Yeah. And by the way, if I had to give a 1B to that, it would be Alvin Kamara of the Saints. Mm. Both second-year guys, but again, another offense where you're worried about Michael Thomas, you're worried about Drew Brees. You're, they don't have as many weapons as Kansas City, but it's that same mentality of, well, we can't let Breeze beat us. We can't let him beat us down the field. And Kamara's great out of the backfield catching the ball, so he gives you that element as well. Yeah. I love how we work the title of the show. Every show. Because I watched, the other day, I watched Face Off and Any Given Sunday, yeah. and it's like those late 90s action-ish movies where they just kind of casually work the title into the movie. Like, Nick Cage is like, I want to take his face off and then you got Al Pacino going any given Sunday blah 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 so I feel like we should keep doing that that's good well we will there you go uh we'll end on this one here Nick Franz in the chat he wants to know he's got the number one overall pick he's got three names he wants to know which one to take Antonio Brown Todd Gurley whom we discussed or DeAndre Hopkins who seems poised for a big year Deshaun Watson's coming back who does Nick pick okay I told people to bet on the Giants I'm invested in their money you're investing in Nick's money here who does he take, number one, out of those three guys? Out of those three guys. Well, obviously, I'm on the record. I would take Hunt. But if you're not going to go that route, that's fine. I can understand why. He doesn't have the track record some of the other guys do. Um, I would take Gurley because of the running back. Mm-hmm. He, the running back is so much more valuable. Now, if your scoring situation is such that wide receivers are more valuable than the standard league, out of Brown and Hopkins, I would take Brown. You pretty much know unless he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He's got over 100 receptions, especially if this is a, a PPR league. Like, yeah. You know he's going to have 100-plus catches. He's going to go for 1,400, 1,500 yards. I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's one of the three most underrated players in the league. Mm-hmm. 
The problem is, is there's nobody on the other side of him that would say, oh, we have to roll coverage away and play. So, like, I, I like Will Fuller, but come on. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not Juju Schmidt-Schuster. He's a one-trick pony. He's a very much like a Mike Wallace. If I'm a defense, I'm saying, please, go ahead and beat me. I'm double-teaming DeAndre Hopkins all day. They don't have a tight end. Their offensive line stinks, which makes me worried about Watson, yeah. who had a, who tore his ACL last year and tore it in college. Mm. Okay, so there are some concerns there. Roethlisberger, for all the concerns with him, he's a caveman. He will stand in there. I would take Brown of those receivers, but all told, I would take Gurley because I just think those leagues reward the, the great running back more than they reward the great receiver. There you go. That's what you got to do, Nick. I, I'll just I'll end with my takes here. All I can think about now is face-off with NFL players. Who would I want to take the face-off? Like Jeff Fisher and Sean McVay. Could you imagine if the Rams went down the tubes this year? It's like he definitely got face-offed. That, that's Jeff Fisher there with Sean McVay's face. Look, you know what? I think Sean McVay, my, my buddy back home, my best man at my wedding, Mike Condon, he is a diehard Rams fan. Spike growing up in New York alongside me. And he, he's very high on McVay as well he should be. But I gave him a sobering thought. <laughs> I think Sean McVay is a terrific coach. What if Sean McVay is Adam Gase? Adam Gase had a great year in Miami. Everybody thought, here it comes. They went 10-6, and six, just like the Rams mm. last year. And then the bottom fell out. I don't think that's the case. But Jeff Fisher, he looms in the distance. He does. Right? Like, like, and you know that if the Rams are like 4-7 and seven somehow this year, you know you're going to have Jeff Fisher quote in some paper, like, uh, if I was coaching this team, you know, we would have run the ball more. We would have played better defense. Goff would have thrown the ball 12 times. I would have benched him four times. I think, though – that said, and the reason I brought it up is I think McVeigh is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I think that offense is only going to get better. And so I think, to Nick's point, I would take Gurley because I think McVeigh will find creative ways to get him in space. There you go. If Jeff Fisher was the coach, he would not get in space. There would be no creativity, and he would be running for 2.8. He would be, with all due respect to your Bucks, he'd be washed up Doug Martin. Not a buck anymore. I don't. That's care. true. He's, he's Raiders, with John Gruden care. now. He's a Ra- he's the Raiders problem. Really, all of your team just migrates <laughs> migrates uh, west. But in any event, that's it for us this week. It is. Next week is the last show before training camp. Yep. So we will dive into it. It'll be all about training camp, all about questions and things to watch and teams to watch and sleepers and and potential guys we're going to fall off a cliff. We will get very very in depth. Next week, with training camp right around the corner, I am jacked up. I'm excited. Football's finally coming back. I can't wait. The only thing I, I, I just always wins because there's always some poor guy the first day of training camp who blows a knee. Yeah. Every time, non-contact, running the route. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. That being said, I am ready for football to be back. I am too. Very good. So, for Josh Hill, I'm Matt Verderan. Thank you so much for watching. Please subscribe on iTunes to the Sack in the Box podcast if you haven't already. Leave a comment, leave a rating. You can find Josh and I on Twitter. And please, of course, follow and like the Fansided Facebook page. So, thank you very much for tuning in, however you did so. And we will be back right here Monday to talk all things training camp. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. This is Jamie from Progressive. Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh Uh-huh. 
Oh, yeah, Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.